Here's a theme song, you know it's not a mean song It's a good song, just as it should song American Brews and Tunes Wow, it's American Brews and Tunes Sure is Episode 122 Yeah, episode 122, how about that? Because that is the year 2022 Wow if it would have been, you know, if it would have been 2021 20, still, we probably would have skipped episode 122. Oh, 100%. In fact, it. I don't even know why we recorded episode 121. I know. We, we already we did should that have skipped this that year. one. We've already failed. Yeah, maybe we'll skip 123. Who knows? It, <laughs> There's still time. There is still time. Quite a, quite a bit of time left in uh, 2022. Um, today... We're talking about an album that came out in 2022. Yeah, and, and this is one of the rare cases where we are reviewing a brand new album. Yes, true. Normally we give it a little bit of time. Um, but since this is one of the albums that I was very much looking forward to in our uh, best albums of 2021 uh, list, we figured that we would just do it. And also, it's one of our favorite artists. So we have both listened to it quite a bit since it came out exactly less than two weeks ago right and dear listener you may be wondering what is the album yeah dear listener (laughs) you remember that (laughs) do you remember dear reader dear reader that youtube the youtube harry potter short uh shorts or whatever yeah uh so good anyway a time that is now since lost uh quite quite it has been quite a while since those videos have come out yeah it's but anyways, <laughs> anyways. yeah, yeah, let's let's move on. Let's, let's go. We're reviewing Frank Turner's most recent album, FTHC. Woo! Yeah, uh, uh, it's it's a, I would call that a heavy album. I would say that for him, at least. True, true. I would. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you with one caveat. He uh, it's like a good mix of. Actually, no, you're right. I think for for Frank Turner, like this is a fairly heavy album. I yeah, hundred percent. I I like literally just went back in his discography, and I was gonna say, well, it's like he's playing songs from this time, but really, like there haven't been like too many like really fast like Frank Turner solo project funk like uh, punk stuff. No, not really. Um, and thematically, there's some heavy stuff here too. Yeah. Um, so musically heavy, so. thematically heavy. Um, the only thing that could really stand up to this heavy album is a heavy beer. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Um, and I know he definitely sings about uh, the his various pick-me-ups on the album. Uh, he does, yes. <laughs> and one of our favorite pick-me-ups is coffee. <laughs> <laughs> where do you get coffee? To, what a great at the cafe. Way, at a cafe. Yeah, yeah, where do you drink coffee? At a cafe. If you're in France, where do you drink a coffee? The cafe. cafe. And before my coffee every day, boy, do I feel like death. Yeah, same. Man. And like, I'm just ready for a change, so I say, let's rev- let's start a revolution. <laughs> oh, boy. You're, uh, hey, you're, you're getting there. You're getting there. That's yeah. what... <laughs> I'm getting there, with because the, the wind is in my sails. Yeah. Uh, the Windy City, Chicago, Chicago's <laughs> Revolution Brewing Cafe Death Imperial Stout with coffee. Yes, that is right. We are we are trying this uh, mammoth of a beer. Yeah. It's, um, uh, we, I don't think we've ever had anything from Revolution Brewing on the podcast. If I if I remember correctly, we've we've probably had like if an antihero. Oh, or you're you're right. Like well, that, I, I think right? when we did the Tony Hawk episode, we yeah. had one of the antiheroes. Yeah, I think we did the hate. Was it the hazy hero? I think we had or, two different of the heroes, right? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think so. So I believe I believe this might be only the second or third time that we've yeah. had a Revolution uh, Brewing Company beer on the podcast, which is a shame because their beer is very, very tasty. Yeah, and uh, they only have recently opened up distribution in Nashville, um, so maybe we'll have some more coming up here. But it's pretty interesting on the can. They said this is the Deep Wood series, so I'm, I'm assuming that maybe it's like their Barrel Age series. I believe so. Yeah. Um, so actually, uh, the company that I work for, Steve, distributes Revolution. You d- you don't say. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. if you ever want to know what Revolution beers are around in Tennessee, ask Jesse. We ha- we have them. <laughs> yeah. Um, let me go ahead and, uh, and read anyway. the, the back of this can. 
Okay, yeah, go for it. Yeah, let's get back to the beer. Yeesh. So it says a weaponized quantity of freshly roasted whole bean coffee from independent Chicago roasters imbues our death's tar barrel-aged imperial stout with assertive coffee aromics without overshadowing the base beer on the palate. Pair with rich food or enjoy on its own. Keep cold. Enjoy now. We mean it. We mean it. Ooh, yeah. we mean it. And this uh, clocks in at 14.8%. So uh, Yeah, no measly amount of uh, of alcohol in this beer. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a meal, I guess, and a breakfast. <laughs> it's a meal. It's a meal. It's a dessert. It's it's uh it's it's your day's worth of calories all on its own. Yeah, it uh so it also clocks in at 35 IBUs which is fairly pretty low. low. Yeah. Um and which I, it always kind of surprises me but sometimes when you get with these heavier stouts um the IBU level is actually higher than you'd anticipate because they need to combat like the the multi sweetness. Yeah. Um so I'm surprised that it's this low. Yeah, I'm all, I wonder if that has to do with uh like coffee the bitterness? coffee they used, maybe? Like, maybe they needed to use less hops because of the coffee? Perhaps. 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 I guess um, we'll uh, I guess we'll figure that, that out here in a second. Yeah, let's go ahead and uh, give it a crack and a pour, shall we? We shall. Um, oh, also, yeah. I love how the top of the can is black instead of just like that uh, the aluminum regular, silver. Yeah, yeah. Just because a nice whenever, little touch. Yeah, because you're going to be pouring out a beer that is black as night anyway. So it and needs the beer to be a is dark as tap. dark as the top. Ooh, Ooh man! Not, really, the the color on the head is really nice on this. It really is. Yeah, it actually kind of matches like the the dark brown on the can. Or the oh my brown gosh, this is can. really aromatic. It's like it, yeah, the whole room smells like this now. Yeah, it really does. Uh, right when I started pouring it, I immediately got just hit with those like roasty notes, you know. And also the. Uh, fairly strong scent of whiskey yeah it's definitely in there um it's roasty i smell the whiskey smelling some chocolate as well um chocolate yeah it, it smells pretty sweet it does it smells pretty good um i'm not sure how your the head of your beer has retained but mine is has dissipated quite quickly yes it was when i f- first poured it it was probably like uh not to sound snobby but it was like a finger and a half tall yeah on the glass, and then within, I don't know, 10, 15 mm-hmm. seconds, it's just kind of lacing around the outside right now. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't, I don't know, I don't think that's fairly uncommon for a heavy stout like this, right? No. no. What would be uncommon is if you poured it and there was no carbonation. Whew. Very true. <laughs> yeah. Oof, that would be weird. God save the brewery that does that. Yeah. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> We're looking at you. But anyways... Um, <laughs> I won't... <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Let's see how um, it tastes. I haven't tasted yet. I've literally just smelled it. Yeah, let's try Same. it. As we always say on American Brews and Tunes. Clank. And down the, my own death's tar, I guess. I don't know. I mean, every death star has a hole where you can shoot something into. Are you saying Death Star or Death's Tar? Both. Both. <laughs> They're both, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shooting yeah, gonna... it down my Death Star. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I got to take another sip because I, co- yeah, I forgot to I started, think about what I was tasting. <laughs> I started <laughs> laughing because you said down my Death Star, I guess, and <laughs> which yeah. makes absolutely no sense. I was trying to think how to save that joke that I forgot to think about what I was tasting. <laughs> yeah. All right, one more try. Oh, my gosh. Okay, yeah, I'm going to give it another shot here as well. Um, I mean, it's my my throat is warm. My mouth is warm with the whiskey. Oh, it, it, it is warming That when it goes down. I taste the whiskey, um, a little bit of the barrel flavor, not super strong. Um, definitely like that chocolate coffee roasted stout flavor. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's sweet, and I'm getting some nice vanilla notes, mm. I think. I agree with you on that, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, it's very sweet, uh, but it is warming. It is it is one hundred percent warming. Yes, not as warming as a straight like glass of whiskey, but yeah, more warming than than uh, a Budweiser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Okay, um, so you're <laughs> you're using the comparison of that, Steve. So, yeah. <laughs> 
here's here's how we're going to set up this scale for how how warming it is. Okay. So Budweiser, Budweiser and whiskey and whiskey. Okay. So imagine where does it fall? <laughs> right. So imagine at at one end you have you have uh, absolute zero, right? Yes. Or uh, what is it in Kelvin? Uh, it's some sort of ridiculously low number in Kelvin as well. Or I absolute no zero is it, whatever. And then compare that to a 120 degree day in an Arizona desert or in the Gobi Desert. That's essentially the scale that you have set up <laughs> right now with how warming this beer is and how warming Budweiser is. <laughs> it's great. Well, I, th- I think it paints a pretty clear picture. It really does. On, I'm on the just, palate and the throat. <laughs> yeah. I'm just emphasizing your uh, <laughs> ridiculous, ridiculous comparison to Budweiser. <laughs> Good comparison, I've, but a ridiculous I think I should one, type that out and uh, start like a, a review of, of different beers and say, is it closer to Budweiser <laughs> or uh, whiskey? <laughs> is it closer to Budweiser or whiskey? Yeah. Um, what happens when you try a Bud Light? I don't know. Oh my gosh! Yeah, you go below absolute zero. Then somehow yeah, you we, break the laws of science when you try that beer. Yeah. I mean, well, if you have a Bud Light um, or if you have Everclear, then those are just off the charts both ways. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. But enough about that. Uh, back to the beer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah back to um, the beer. <laughs> since this is a fairly complex beer, um, I think maybe some more tasting notes are, will reveal themselves to us. Uh, as it warms as up, warm so, up, as it warms up, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah, circle back so. as as the episode goes. Uh, definitely, definitely a delicious beer, though. Uh, yeah, it's, it's don't a winner, shy away from it just because of the uh, just because of the crazy alcohol percentage. It, it tastes fairly good. Yes, and it's like not it's Agreed. not overpowering. Like the whiskey is present. Yeah, the whiskey is present, but it's not overpowering for sure. Yeah, agreed. I'm I'm pretty happy with this one. Let's get on to the next section then, talking about the amazing album. I th- I think it's fairly amazing. Uh, one of my favorite releases from him to date, for sure. Oh, yeah, from it's Frank up there Turner. for me. It's again, we're talking about... FTHC. Yeah, again, yeah, FTHC, the most recent release from uh, Frank Turner. And for those of you who don't know, FTHC stands for Frank Turner Hardcore. Yes. Um. If you're familiar with um, like punk, hardcore, uh, underground music, I'm sure you've seen like the NYHC or the uh, any of the things where it's typically two initials and an HC, so that stands for hardcore. Yeah, um, it's just yeah. kind of indicative, like indicative of the uh, the music genre. Uh, big in the U.S. and Frank Turner was a big fan of that, so he adopted it and took it back to to use as his own. Yeah, he did, and uh, I think he deserves to use it. Right? He's like the Oh, absolutely! The London, the London version of, of like the punk scene. Um, for those who don't know, he the first band he was in was at least I assume it's the first band. Uh, he was probably in something before it, uh, but the band Million Dead. And they're uh, a hardcore band. A very much a hardcore band. Um, and then Frank Turner went to do solo work, uh, starting off just him and a guitar, and then eventually adding a band. And it almost seems like. Uh, he's kind of going back to his his like million dead days. I, at least I'm pretty sure he mentions the million dead in a few of the lyrics in, in one of the lyrics. And he, he, yes, he does. I can't remember which one it is, but it's the very last. But yeah, song. so I kind of, I kind of. Okay, yeah, I kind of feel like he is. I don't know. Maybe he's trying to go back to that. Maybe he feels that punk is, you know, con- will convey better how he feels at this time. I guess. Um, yeah, I'd say so. Um, and he definitely wanted to release a harder album. Um, I don't remember when he said it, but when he was mentioning that the new album was coming out, he said he wanted to, um, shake off the dust from the past few albums. Yeah. Um, the past two albums were No Man's Land, which was like a folky, um, historical album about women in... yeah. In all in, kind of about, aspects of in history, all walks of life. Um, right? And the one before that was, yeah, right, yeah, all walks of life. Like there was a song about a, a woman who's a serial killer. There was a um, a woman who was a jazz musician, and then everything in between, and, and more than you you'd, you'd expect. Yeah, um, really cool album, but it was it was way f- like more folky than a lot of the things he's done. Yeah, 
And the album before that was called Be More Kind. And it was kind of folky, but a little more like alt pop. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, definitely a little bit more alt pop, I think. A little indie uh, and dancey in some Yeah, a little bit aspects. more dancey, a little bit more indie. In a uh, good way, don't get me wrong. Definitely in a good way. Uh, whenever that album came out, that was a, a huge album because it was at it was a time when there was a lot of unrest in the world in general. Yeah. And a lot of the songs on there were healing. Like for me at the time, like even just his song, Be More Kind, was like yeah. just saying, hey, that, people, be more kind. That so, song where he's like, let's, let's meet in the middle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's good so, stuff. But uh, not a rager of an album by, no, by any means. No, so, not by any means, no. That's why this album is here. To shake yeah. off the dust. Yeah. Right, shake off the dust. Get back to, get back to the really lively, fast music that we, we like from Frank Turner. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think, in my opinion at least, that this is like his most convicted album for him um, since Positive Songs for Negative People. And I don't mean this okay. disparagingly at all, but like when I think of Be More Kind, the album, and I think of songs like uh, Make America Great Again, I just think yeah. of how his vocals sounded. And I'm not saying he phoned it in, but I, I don't feel like he was as passionate, if that makes sense. Mm. It, it just sounded like the passion yeah. was... like it, like it, he, I don't think he was phoning it in, but it didn't sound like it was like his coming from his heart as much as some of his previous efforts had. Right. And I think this album brings that back more. Okay. And we should, we should put a disclaimer in here. Um, obviously we have not talked to Frank Turner personally, so we can't say exactly how he feels about the album or anything. We're just giving our opinions on it. Absolutely. Um, if we give any quotes, we'll let you know where they're from. Probably from genius lyrics. <laughs> um, yeah. And all of our opinions are our own. Um, yes, they are. Yes. And, Having said a couple of not so nice things about uh, his past albums, I love all of his albums. Uh, yeah, I'm just 100%. trying to find. I'm trying to find things to to point. Right. To. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is FCHC. I guess we should no- note that it is his ninth studio album. Yes. Um, being his ninth album, it is his first number one album in the UK. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, I saw all of his posts um, saying like, "Oh, we're almost there. Like we're." In a duel between, you know, uh, I can't remember what the other band was. was, who was him and Ed for, Sheeran. Oh, right. Ed Sheeran was vying for first place. So I forgot he, about that. He dethroned Ed Sheeran, which is pretty uh, thank huge. Goodness. I mean, I'm not thank yeah. goodness. Not to <laughs> Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran's a fantastic songwriter. Yeah, um, good, good performer. But he's always yeah. all of his albums are always number one. So it's, it's fun to see yeah. like an independent artist get up there. For sure. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Um, there was a pretty cool quote that Frank retweeted from Music Week. Uh, and it says... From the bottom to the top, a little more than 15 years after his first album, Sleep is for the Week, sold 1,099 copies to debut on the chart's bottom rung, number 200. Frank Turner's ninth, FTHC, opens at number one. So literally, he has been uh, on number 200, and now he's on number one. That's great. Cool. Good for Frank. That's really great to hear. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Fantastic. And I, I think he deserves it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a really, really good album. Um, we'll get into it. I don't think it's perfect, but if you know anything about me, this is an album where I don't need to skip any songs. So that's, I think that says a lot. Right. Yeah. And, and I would, uh, honestly, I would agree with you. Um, I don't think it's perfect either. Uh, there are a few songs that I'm not, I don't know, not that they're out of place on the album, but no, I know what you mean because I, I I feel the same way. Yeah, because because they definitely are right. Like because I mean mm-hmm. I don't know, yeah. but yeah, we'll get into all that later. Yeah, yeah. Um, before we go song by song, um, it is worth noting that uh, there was many songs that were written pre-COVID. Um, but he's mentioned that yes. there are clear additions a- after the start of COVID, and you can tell by some of the songs. Yeah, um, yeah, for it, sure. Yeah, absolutely. And it was produced by Rich. And I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Costi, C-O-S-T-E-Y. Um, he, he's a big producer. He did everything um, remotely because he was based in the U.S. Um, but he also yeah, produced I was, Tape Deck Heart. Oh, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was, I was, uh, I saw, I think Frank posted, I was watching either an interview or something else with him. And he said that they pretty much did a lot of it uh, remotely. 
but yeah, each super, individual I, band member would uh, that's so weird well i think the, the, the yeah the core band members were all there but they had to recruit drummers hmm um, and the person who played on the, I think they had four different drummers, but the one drummer who was on the most of the tracks was Ilan Rubin. Yeah. Um, and, and he's he, the guy from Nine Inch Nails and Angels and Airwaves. He's right. Really okay. Drummer. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That, yeah. And that's huge. That's yeah. pretty huge. Yeah. I'd say so too. I mean, yeah. hopefully they can get a permanent drummer, but right. that's neither here nor there. Actually, I think he does have a permanent drummer now. I don't know. That's, I thought I thought he did. Yeah, anyway, I think so we too. Should, but yeah, let's, let's, go into into songs. This, yeah let's, let's go into the songs. Yeah, let's go into the songs. And what what better way to start off the album in a punk fashion than with a super fast, like really intense, like punk mentality, like state what you believe, and just lay it all out, out on the table or whatever. Uh, what a better way to start than with the song "Non Servium." Yes, which In is Latin opinion. for I will not serve. Yes. Uh, this um, and might if I was be reading about my it favorite on, song on the um, album. Wow. I mean, Maybe. I really like this song. I, I, I agree with you because it's so aggressive and like it's it's the punkiest, like kind of like post hardcore. It's the most aggressive released, thing, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and usually punkiest? his, <laughs> the most for the most punk. part, his openers. Yeah, his openers are usually not that aggressive. Yeah. Yeah, but this one is, uh, and it, it is really interesting. Apparently, um, the non-servium is a quote that they like to attribute to Lucifer, the fallen angel. <laughs> yep. Yeah, they do. Uh, there's, uh, in, in the, uh, what, basically, non-servium, yeah, I will not serve, and Lucifer says that to God, I believe, in... Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I don't know what version of the Bible that's in or what uh, what book they take that from, but oh, the Book of Nonservium, of course. <laughs> the Book of Nonservium. <laughs> okay, I've non never heard of that book of the Bible. Um, yeah, but that's that's the whole idea that's... behind this song, and it's not it's not that you're not going to serve uh, like to a government or something like that, but basically, at least what it seems like he's saying in this song is that. Like you have to navigate things properly, like in this modern world where there's so much. Um, let's see, what is he? Uh, so much. Uh, oh God, why can't I think of the word? So much uh, like division, I guess. Yeah, and uh, in a lot of things, clear that there's a lot of division right now. Um, I like how the verses are just like aggressive and kind of screamy, and then when you get to what I think is the chorus. Yep. Um, it's it's still not melodic. Uh, it's a little more kind of toxing-y, but uh, the the music has a little bit more melody. And then at the part where I think it's a bridge, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. it's where it really is melodic. So it's it's a weird structure to the song. Yeah. Um, and it's almost like three different parts kind of stapled together, but they really yeah. kind of work cohesively. Yeah. Really really cool song. Yeah. I I I very much like the structure of this song. Uh. Uh, I'm, I mostly really enjoy the uh, what he says at the end. That part that almost sounds like a direct hit song, like the yeah, the melody yeah. at the end, like the the da 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 da, da. like the really like a like kind of almost like step down melodic type stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I honestly hear that in some other songs later on. But um, one thing that I just love about this song is that he says. Uh, but moving forward, at the end, this is at the end of the song. But moving forward, let's keep things simple. Here are my principles: help the ones in need, do your best to not, do your best to leave the others be, doubt yourself and keep your mind open, navigate the progress and the scams. Yeah, um, that's, that's, that's I, good, I feel, uh, a good message. I mean, real yeah, solid yeah. Message. In a song that is very like aggressive and sounds angry, it's like he's. It has like a very level-headed message at the end of it, which I really like, and yeah. I feel like more people need Classic to live Frank. like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. one of my favorite uh, songs for sure. But that yeah, leads into track number two, which is called "The Gathering," which and I cannot wait to hear live. Yeah, it's uh, this was the the first single he released, and it was all the way back in May of 2021, which seems like so long ago. Um. Definitely COVID inspired. Ago. Yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. This is 100% COVID inspired. 
it's about looking forward to to everyone gathering and coming together and, and experiencing community. Tip, I mean, through a concert, I'm I'm a, I'm positive that's what yeah, he means. Yeah, for, for um, sure. But you could attribute to to other yeah. things for sure. Yeah, um, yeah. Great and like the, the first line of the song, the first line of the song, he says, "The first time that the beat drops in the bar, it's going to be biblical." That alliteration like, with the he- the heavy bees. Yeah, the beat drops in the bar. It's going to be biblical. Like he really enunciates it's, the bees. In he that. punches that in big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was and so really I was surprised by the sound yeah. when I heard this the first time. I did okay, not expect yeah. it at all. Huh, okay, yeah. I guess maybe the I didn't expect like the da 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 da. Well, like the, I just expected like a continuation of what he has been doing on like Be More Kind or something. I just I wasn't oh, expecting a, a rockier song. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, fun fact, the guitar solo was played by uh, Nashville's own Jason Isbell. Heck yeah. yeah That's what a awesome. great guitar player. Oh, yeah. He's fantastic. He's a, a, a fantastic musician. Yeah. And he can shred. It's, I was surprised the first time I like watched him do a guitar solo. Great song, though. Um, but I'm going to move forward on to track number three, which is my first recommendation. Okay, yeah. This is this one's also definitely COVID-inspired, for sure. Yeah, haven't been doing so well. It's a little less rocky than the past two, more rocky than um, his past albums, um, but it's yeah. more melodic, like more of a frank melody, I'd say. Yeah, and this is, even with like the, the musically in this song, it's it's more similar to Be More Kind, where it's a little bit more dancey, a little yeah. bit less heavy. But I will tell you what's, well, it's kind of dancey, but also a little more like punky. Is that guitar line after the first chorus with the, uh, I, I don't, it's not really a, a harmony guitar. It's almost like it's doubled um, in octaves that, that. Yeah. It just yeah. sounds really cool. Um, I'm not really sure what it sounds like. I can't really relate it to anything, but I, I really like that part. Yeah. Um, feels like a really good, honest and vulnerable song. I like the line he says at the end, because um, I'm not Joe Strummer, not Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. not a teacher, not a builder, just uncomfortable me. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like that's, uh, I don't know, I relate pretty heavily to that. Yeah. You know? Same. Like same. so many times you can, I don't know, feel like you're just not good enough, I guess, or like you're not worthy of being like I guess maybe for him specifically, he's maybe thinking about the position that he's in and mm-hmm. um, how he's not Muhammad Ali, you know, he's Anxiety. not like Joe, he's not Joe Strummer. Like, like yeah. that's the biggest one. And then yeah, he brings it back to the fact that like that we've been dealing with so much anxiety recently, like during these times that you know you need to cut yourself a little bit of slack, you know, because mm-hmm. and you ask for help is what he yeah yeah exactly ends, like, ends up one admitting. line he says he says maybe I can admit that I need a little bit of help. Or, yeah, maybe I can do with some help. Yeah. I haven't been doing so well. Yeah, so, like, yeah, this is, yeah, a, a, this is, this is really, a great song. Really song. But I feel like it's super, super, yeah, super honest, super relatable, especially uh, and with it the may not be we're in. As relatable, but, it, but it's super honest on this next song, track number four, Untainted yeah. Love. Yeah. Super yeah, honest. I had no a, idea uh, that, that Frank Turner had issues with cocaine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Until it's pretty song. crazy. Yeah, this song is just completely honest. Like the first, the, I'll just read the first line from it. Yeah. Uh, he says, I sure do miss them drugs and not giving the slightest F. Shivering and thunderstruck, <laughs> oh, man, but it's... it nearly killed me. Mm-hmm. And I sure do miss cocaine, the bravado and bloodstains. <laughs> yeah. So and he comes back to that idea of and it nearly killed me. Yeah. Um, up. I- Apparently, like he, he was speaking about it, uh, and he did a really good job at hiding it from his friends and uh, the people who were around him. But he ended up getting married and had a hard time hiding it from his wife. Uh, and she ended up helping him kind of kick it. Mm. Yeah, and then he, by the end of the song, he, he uh, says the only thing that helped was love. Huh. Untainted yeah. love. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really surprised that he did a lot of cocaine, though, when you think about it. 2,000 shows in 10 years. Yeah. I'm not sure how else you'd be able to oh, do yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. Yeah. You can't I mean, stay awake well, forever. Yeah. Geez. How many, wait, 10 years, 2,000 shows. Yeah. There are I mean, 365 it, days in a year. Yep. So that means for, 
I guess just under a third of 10 years he was playing shows. Yeah, it's crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most people like a, a typical touring band is like maybe 100 shows a year. Um, and hmm. he's doing far more than that. You know, I just read this lyric here, Steve, and I think it's fairly interesting in this song. He says, in the final uh-huh. analysis, when it all comes down to it, I went right up to the line and it turns out I didn't want to die. Because the one thing that I never accounted for was love, untainted love. That's and it. Like that's yeah, that's so inspiring. I don't know. Like it's obviously he's like, I don't know. I feel like he's being very vulnerable in this song. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's so like, not that's, something yeah, that you really want to, not something you necessarily want to put out there. But he's, I mean, Frank Turner is pretty honest in his music. So I mean, I'm yeah. glad he's continuing the trend on this album here. And the next song continues that trend with the first line yes. of the song Fatherless. Uh, but before being, well, before here's you get into a that, tale real quick. I've not told yet. All right, go ahead. Yes. Um, I, I, this is another one of my recommendations, Fatherless. But I think oh. the next, this song and the next two after it is like a, oh, yeah. a yeah. three song set. So I just yeah. want to put that out there. 100%. And I think it's a really cool stretch on the album. Yeah. 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 I think um, it's, a, out with it's Fatherless. Like a little, yeah, it's like a little mini arc. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Starting with Fatherless, yeah. Um, yeah, Fatherless. It's it's another one of my recommendations. Um, I think it's a like a sequel, like a little reminiscent of his song Father's Day from his first album, hmm. um, where he's really okay, yeah, I can see that uh, talking about how he didn't have um, the father figure that he that most people deserve. Um, he was yeah. shipped off to boarding school, whatever you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he's got that one line in the first verse where fairy tales about fathers make me angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, it's man. It's pretty and angry. It's really an angry song. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. And like, and the, this is one thing that I know we've talked, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, but I know that we've both talked about the fact that like, we have very different experiences from this with our fathers. Um, so it's a little bit hard to relate with this, but I can, you know, I could, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I can hear his like anger and like frustration yeah. and like the way, like in the refrain when he says, look at me now, you know, like he, there's like he one time when he so says mad. that, yeah, yeah like there's one time now. when he says, he's like, look at me now, like, look at me now. You know, like, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting. So angry and real. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, that's, yeah, I, I like Frank Turner for that. Yeah. I really like the bridge when he, uh, he says, have you heard? I, I met Jesus. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how they were in the bathroom, I think doing drugs together or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, clearly this is yeah. a, a fake story to, to point, point a, uh, a picture. Um, but he says yeah. that, uh, Jesus was like, how do, how do we navigate this? Not having dads. And then Frank Turner says, well, at least your dad acknowledged you. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. oh, that's pretty intense. Yeah. One of the lines uh, from that portion is uh, whenever he's talking to Jesus uh, and he said, Francis or Frank, Francis, I don't need this. The expectations and the relent- and relentless pressure of a distant and judgmental father. And then Frank says, I can see what you mean, J.C., but at least he's paying some kind of attention yeah, to his miraculously so spawned conception. So brutal, man. Oof. But again, yeah. that's why the, it's part of a three three song arc here. So the next song, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the next song, it's called "My Bad," track number six. Um, and this is just a straight punk song. Um, yeah, it really is. Yeah, uh, another angry song, but more towards like authority, but that includes his parents. Um, yeah. And in the so. course, he kind of rec- does a little bit of the recognition that he's a straight white man and uh, points out that everyone who looks like him has ruined the country and the state of where we're at right now. So he's yeah. like, I'm not going to tell anyone what to do. Uh, I've had enough of that. Um, it's a short, short song. It, the shortest one on the album, it, it clocks in at one minute and 44 seconds. Um, but yeah. it ends with the line, I did not want to be my father's son. Yeah. Yeah. 
Dang. Yeah. Yes. And so before we go into the next song, a little history needs to be established, I guess, right? Yeah. Or if you want to be woke, uh, since this song is herstory. <laughs> Bad joke. Well, I guess yeah. Frank Turner's last album would be herstory. Herstory? Oh, yeah. yes. Instead of his? Hers? I guess, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I guess. I don't know. Who knows? Not I. We'll, we'll, we'll move on. <laughs> yeah. So the next song is called Miranda. And Miranda. This is, where, this is where the last two songs come into come into full uh, picture or come into come to fruition or, as it were, the, the chapter Ye- in his life. Yeah kind of comes to a close in a way. Yes. So the past two songs were disparaging towards his father and parents and authority. Um, and this song uh, has a, a, a catharsis for, mm-hmm. uh, for lack of a better word. Um, and it's where he has learned, and this is all true that his dad has transitioned into a woman named Miranda. Um, and they're finally reconciling after years and years of uh, uh, estrangement and, ill feelings and, and all kind of just torn relations. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so which, I, I can't imagine the, the spectrum of emotions uh, that that would yeah, exactly. encompass. It's like maybe um, confusion. Like the, he talks about it here, like the dissolving of the um, resentment um, and then kind of just this like a wave of relief almost. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, this is this is one of those songs that I can't pretend to understand, right? Because I I haven't experienced. I mean, unless you've been in the situation, all. I don't think you can. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. And there's. The, it seems like it may be a like if you. I, I don't think it, people should look at this politically, uh, but it's clearly yeah. a divisive thing right now. If you go on Twitter yeah. or in the news anywhere, yeah, it but really if, is. But if you're a decent person, I don't see how you couldn't look at this and say that it's a positive thing to have a. A, a parent and child relationship improve, you know? Yeah. 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 I, I 100% agree. Um, yeah. Especially after, you know, Frank laid out those two uh, songs before, you know, saying essentially how destructive and how like poor their relationship was before. And during this song, he expresses how during the song Miranda, he expresses how, you know, it's not the person that he used to be. It's or like I can't remember the exact lyrics, but he the, person that the way are. that he phrases it in the song is 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 very well written. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like in the bridge um, where he says, and, and the the quote is uh, the problem with carrying hate for someone who doesn't know because um, you're the only one carrying the weight. So he was kind yeah. of saying like he had all this resentment. Uh, towards his father and his dad never had any clue. And it, it just was damaging to, to, for him to carry that, uh, the hate for so long, um, that now he's in a much better place and it's, we can all sing along because it's got to sing along. So it's, it's just yeah all around positive, it, you know, it, it does. Yeah. 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 So the, the chorus, yeah. The chorus that kind of gets it across is, uh, is when he says all the years we were exchanged, I was always hoping you would find a way to change. And after everything you, we've been through, Miranda, it's lovely to meet you. So it's almost, you know, like a fresh beginning with, you know, trying to, it, it really is like a, I don't know, like he's trying to understand what his father has been through and who she is now, you know? And so it's, it would be, a, I would imagine it being a very difficult subject to sing about in general. You yeah, know. it's it's a it's a bold move to attempt this song, um, but I think he has done it gracefully, and it is a success. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, yeah, great song. Now on to a equally heavy subject uh, with mm-hmm. the next song, "A Wave Across the Bay." This is an honorable mention for me. Um, a song mm-hmm. dedicated to the late Scott Hutchinson from Frightened Rabbit. Um, which if yes. you listen to any of our episodes, we've we've done a couple of their albums before. Um, and Scott Hudgenson died by suicide in 2018, yes. uh, in which he threw himself into a river in Scotland. Um, and this song examines that. And specifically, Frank suggests that maybe Scott was at peace in th- those last moments, like he finally had some relief from, from the internal pain that he 
Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 And I mean, man, this song is, I, I don't know. I, I really, really like this song um, from just the way that he treats the subject. Uh, the fact that he, you know, uh, musically, the song sounds more like a Frightened Rabbit song than a Frank Turner song. Yeah. Um, to just the fact that, like, he just, he sounds so genuine when singing this song. Oh, he absolutely does. Because he was, he was really good friends with Scott, and so it's... Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so personal that I, I, I can't see how he would ever do this song and it not be genuine, you know? Yeah, and the uh, for me, verse 2 is is really great in this song and i i feel like we should spend a little bit of time on this song since we both very much like frightened rabbit and frank Mm -hmm. turner as well um where he says god damn i miss you man it was just weeks before you went that we were speaking i just wish you told me you were leaving before you walked your final final mile and then he says i'm not pissed off at you man but you had something in your soul we couldn't recognize you were one of us, but you worked out how you could survive, at least for a while. That's uh, then, super heavy. It's just so heavy. Yeah, it's so heavy. And it's um, this isn't the first, uh, I, I guess we should say, this isn't the first song Frank's written about a friend who's died by suicide uh, mm-hmm. on Positive Songs for Negative People. Right, there was song a last Josh. song. Yeah. And yeah. He, he says, uh, one of the lines was, I wish you would have um, called me. Right. Uh, My phone's always on. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. And in here, it, 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 it's it's hard to, to say 100% what Frank means um, in all this, because in some ways it sounds like I wish you would have reached out for help, but it, he's he it doesn't sound like that necessarily. It sounds like I just no. wish you would have told me that you were leaving, because it's yeah, the way no, he says it, it, it almost sounds like it was inevitable, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The way he speaks of it is almost like, especially when he says, but you had something in your soul that we could recognize, you know? Mm-hmm. You're one of us, yeah. but he, you worked out how you could survive at least for a while. And, yeah. and I think and when, just when Scott sorry. was alive, Frank talked about how like he was like one of like the most accomplished songwriters and he really respected yeah, everything he yeah. did. Yeah. And the last thing I want to say about this song is that, um, is that the refrain, as I want to call it, that he comes back to is, is such a, like a comforting. I guess line is he says you were always smiling, you know. Agreed. It's, it's the, kind of, it's kind of a double. It's kind of a double edged sword in a way, you know. Yeah, because if he was smiling with all that pain inside, it was kind of a uh, right. Uh, it might have been a facade, and so like the line, "You're one of us, but you worked out how you could survive at least for a little while," just means yeah. all the more to. Yeah. I'm assu- I'm assuming to Frank, but also to other people who really enjoyed Scott Hutchinson's music. Agreed. Which I'm Agreed. I'm one of them. You know, like I I love his music. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I I still listen to Frightened Rabbit, but there's some songs that are a little, yeah, t- too a little I, hard to listen to now. Yeah, I I definitely li- I definitely like them a little bit more than you do, but yeah. Well, I mean, I've I, ever since I listened to um, Painting of a Panic Attack, I really got into them because I love that yeah. album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Such a loss. Yeah, such a loss. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, yeah, I think a, a great body of work, um, and I think it's it's cool that that Frank encompassed it in this song, uh, and he painted this picture. And the one line is "Ever falling, never landing," um, and that's how he likes to remember Scott. Yeah. Um, one one last thing here on this song, uh, we have spent mm-hmm. quite a bit of time on this song, but uh, there is a, a direct quote from Frank Turner about this song on Lyric Genius. Oh, yeah. Um, via Loudwire, I guess an interview he did for the magazine Loudwire or the website Loudwire. He said, I still miss my friend Scott every day. His passing left such a huge hole in so many lives. I wrote this song in his honor and memory. It was hard to write and record, but I think it does the man some small justice. So if I, you I, want, that's how, that's how Frank feels about this song. Yeah. Great song. Um, and after it's, that, it's kind of like very the, much the centerpiece song. on the album. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. moving on, they pick up the pace with the next song, number nine, which is called Resurrectionists. Mm-hmm. Another honorable mention for me. It's a good song. Um, I like it a lot. Yeah. I, well, I really love this song. The first time I heard it, I was, 
again, I, it was one of the singles he released before the, the album was released, and I was, I was surprised by the sound because, like, this, this whole album was a surprise to me because I didn't expect any of these sounds, and like this song is, right. is no exception. Right. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Like, the song starts off with him kind of, like, talk singing. Talk singing, he yeah. He says, in 1981, I was a perfect for a month. Like a, like, but the truth is, it's like all been box. downhill since then. Yeah, it's almost like... like you you get that, like, like, someone you, on, it's like, the, like, an orator. Yeah. Someone on yeah. stage who's, like, like talking to a crowd in the middle of a, a busy street. Yeah. Or, oh, right, yeah, like a newsie, like a newsboy. Yeah. Or and he like has a, that, uh, that piano going on in the like, background. Yeah, or like in opera, how there's like the introduction of the uh, the musical themes or whatever. Uh-huh. In this, like this first like little verse or first little sh- section of the verse, is almost like a an introduction, like a prologue to the rest of the song, I guess. Yeah, no, I I'd say for sure. Um, and this yeah. song, at least this the second verse, uh, is uh, essentially a direct sequel to one of his earlier songs called "I Knew Proof Rock Before It Got Famous." Right? Yeah, he talks where, about where he Dave sings about all of his Tommy. friends. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. He brings back all of them, and he uh, he he did one of those Twitter live streams where he um, talked about the songs, and they listened to him live. I didn't actually listen to it, but I saw all the tweets after the fact. And when he was talking about this song, he said. Uh, all the follow-ups that he gives about those friends in this song is all true stories. So it's, he's mm. keeping everything again, true and honest, which is pretty cool to bring back characters from an old song who were his real life friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the uh, last chorus, he brings in Simon Neal from the band Biffy Clyro. Biffy Clyro. Yeah. Are you familiar with them? No, I'm not. Scottish rock band. Okay. Maybe we should I check only them out. know, <laughs> A few of their songs. They just put album an album at the end of 2021 that's pretty good, worth checking out. I, I don't remember okay. the name of the album, but it has the title the word myth in the title. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So if you look up whatever album came out in like November of 2021, that one's pretty solid. Okay. Uh I feel like the basic idea of this song is that at least to me, what this song means is that man, the pandemic just has us so down. Like we're looking for anything to like yeah. rejuvenate us. Yeah, I, I think he like we were kids, directionless, and now we kind of don't know where we are. Yeah, we're all trying to yeah resurrect. The main, yeah, the main line or the main uh, refrain is searching for something that could bring us back to life. Yes. So yeah, and I, I relate with that. I, I think we all do at this point. At least I, I think hope so. Track number ten is another Ooh. song that we should last all one. relate to or we yes, should try is, to relate to. This is I my love last this recommendation <laughs> and hands down my favorite on the album. I love this song. It's so uh, good. It's, it's so it is dancey. So good. And, oh, now, I will so say this. There is a campiness to the chorus. Like it's super bouncy and cheerful and like bright, but I love yeah. it. Uh, right. I think it's fantastic. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Um, um, it's really, it's to me, it's like a, it's a feel good song. It's like a song to pump you up, like to, to it's like a positive realize, message. yeah, to be like, yeah, I am like, I am awesome. I don't need to, I don't need to be like stuck in whatever rut I'm in. Like I'm a, I'm a tiger. I'm a prized fighter is what he mm-hmm. says in the song. But he also says like, he kind of talks about how things are usually going pretty bad and pretty crappy, but every once in a while the punches land and that's when you're feeling good and you can, it's like, it's, it's my special day. I think he says that like the last chorus. Um, yeah. The last chorus he says, it's my special day. Like it's his birthday or something. (laughs) The verses though, they're, they're faster and they kind of remind me of plain sailing weather a little bit. Um, and both the first and the second verse have like these minor, minor chords and a bit of a minor feel, but he brings it back on the mm-hmm. third verse over top of some major chords, which and I think the same uh, vocal melody. And you get a completely like it's like a one eighty on the sound. I mean, it's just really mm. like a nice little touch that he does to to really switch up the feel of the song. Um, super super cool. And this is just like a a, a good shout along song, um, especially the last part, uh, the last couple of refrains. It's just such a good song. Yeah. Um, the one the one uh, uh, lyrical highlight that I want to highlight. <laughs> is uh from the bridge into verse three uh when he says and i don't want to be a beggar always asking for slack 
going to take the things they threw at me and throw them right back. I'm tired of only ever trying to do what I can. The secret is to try and do the things that you can't. And then in Uh, verse 3, he says, I can't promise that I'm going to be fine, but I'll throw my best punch every single time. And like that's that like that's the mentality that I want to take into 2022. You know, that's I, I mean, well said. I I, I couldn't have pointed out better myself. I I, I think yeah. I'd like to have that same thing too, especially with what we're working on with um, our band Tree Shelf. Woo-hoo. We definitely want to be throwing our you know best punches every single time. And honestly, like the chorus you're talking about when he says "Today's my special day," like mm-hmm. I. Like, I want to keep that mentality, too. When he says, damn the haters, damn the doubters, today's my special day. You can't stop me, can't touch me, can't take it away. I mean, it's tough to have that mentality all the time, to be honest. Like with It real really life. is. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's but tough if you, to have that mentality. If you, if you push yourself to have it, then sometimes the punches will land. Yeah, so and I think, yeah, I think that's the... Yeah, that's the point of the song. And that's yeah. why I like it. It's a really yeah. simple message. It's catchy it's dancey it's great melody i don't know and fun side note um in the last chorus before the music comes back in there is some percussion that's played by the way out crew which was a shelter and a program in sierra leone i forgot yeah he'd raised money for them in the past and he just got them to record this so it's just a a cool little note i thought yeah yeah i uh, i forgot that i saw yeah he had a post about that recently yeah fantastic yeah. super cool super cool um moving on to For track sure. number 11 it's called perfect score yes i feel um, like the the song is very good yeah i'd say it's like a it's, it's a very solid song it's definitely not a skipper like a classic classic rock kind of vibe i'd say um yeah. musically it's not my favorite on the album but i love the message mm-hmm. um about how yeah. you learn from making mistakes as you grow because nobody's got a perfect score uh, yeah, but he does touch on people who pretend to have a perfect score. Like uh, my favorite line right? is, "I'm jealous of your sense of wounded innocence." Yeah, I love. I just love that line. Um, and then later on the song, he says, "The older Man. I get, the more I realize that I don't know much of anything." Yeah, um, and literally, that's everybody. Uh, I get to that point often where I'm like, I, I like, I don't know anything. <laughs> and Listen, I, man. I think I do, Listen. but I don't. Listen, we're we're both the same age now. We're both thirty. Um, but really, though, you do kind of <laughs> understand that mentality as you get older. It's like, man, we're all just kind of trying to figure out <laughs> what life is about. None of us really know all the yeah. answers, you know. Yeah. And so, it's learn that you'll make mistakes and keep on learning. Yeah, it's great. And so, the, another line uh, later in the song is when he's when he's relaying this like there's no you know he says there's there's a skeleton behind your door that no one has a perfect score you know like mm-hmm. everybody has their secrets and he's saying uh, one line that i like is when he says i'm trying to find a little forgiveness it's the only thing left going it's like yeah, yeah like sometimes line. you just gotta look for that look for a little bit of forgiveness yeah, yeah. um the next song word I believe is about his relationship that with his wife that you were talking about earlier. Yeesh. It's track number 12, the work, the work. Uh, and no, he does not mean his career job, his relationship job. No, he does not. <laughs> he means, he, he means his <laughs> um, relationship. Yes. Yeah. Com- committed relationship marriage in this case. Um, and he's at the point where it's not like the honeymoon phase anymore. Um, that you really have to to put work in. I've only been married for at this point a year and a half. Um, yeah. But yeah, you, you two years it, in it, August. It, just as with, yeah, but but literally with ev- it's the same as everything else in life. You get out of it what you put into it, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can take the song and apply it to other things. So he specifically means marriage, but you can put this anywhere. Um, but for sure, it definitely works for marriage. You got you got to work at it and, it, and it will reward you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the idea behind this song. Um, these the, this song, the work, and then the next song, "Little Life," are the two songs that I'm not completely stoked on. 
But yeah. I, I understand like why they're on the album and I think they're good songs and I yeah. believe they're good I like, messages and I like the work, but it definitely goes hand in hand. You're right with the next song, Little Life. But I'm yeah, just gonna Life, jump yeah. to that song. Yeah. Because the the verses sound like the latter half of the B side of Tape Deck Heart, just musically. Hmm. Um and those were the songs that I liked but didn't love. Okay. Just solely based on the sound. Um Hmm. And again, I like this song. I don't love it, but I like it um, thematically. I like what he's singing about. And his, the, the little yeah. life is about him leaving his busy life in London um, and training that for a like the middle of nowhere, 30 minutes from the train station. Um, not even a suburban life. It almost sounds like country life. Yeah. And I mean, even if uh, even if he is talking about suburban life, it's still that a change from being in London, you know? Yeah. I do like how he references, um, that it's like, he's finally trying to learn how to stand still because that's yeah. a stark, a super stark contrast to his earlier songs, especially the song like, um, uh, I'm disappeared. Like that's the one where he always talked about yeah. how he's like yeah. a, just imprint on the shadow, like the, the bed sheets. Cause he's always gone in the morning. He's like, I, I need to always have an yeah. escape route or a way out. And this song is uh, a one eighty. Yeah. Yeah. 100% a one eighty. I mean, he's talking about settling down. He's talking about leaving the city. He's talking about standing still. He's talking about spending more time with his wife and all of that. And, and talking about being content with the little life that they've created for themselves. Um, so, I, I mean, I think it's I think it's a great song. I, uh, song about growth. It's, right. It's not, one, it's not one that I'm going to play on repeat, uh, but it is one that I, w- I will not skip it because I Agreed. think it's good. Agreed. I feel the same way. Um, and moving on to the final song, track number 14, which is called Farewell to My City. Yeah. This song, I would say, and, and I, I, I keep harping on this, um, that all the songs I heard kind of would surprise me in one way or another. But this one, I think, surprised one, me the most. 100%. Go ahead. I don't know how to describe it. It has like this like this driving, ominous vibe. Like it comes in with that, that uh, drum beat um, with the bass guitar. And it's just... It, I don't want to say eerie sounding, but it just sounds like intense. The music, right? Yeah, yeah. I I, I understand what you uh, what you mean by that. And it's, um, it's like almost like spoken word over top of that. Yeah. About him wandering through London as he knows he's moving or he's already moved, uh, and he's just reminiscing on all the good things that he's done there and how he's promised he would never leave, um, but he's at the point where he's going to leave. Right, because of the little life. That he's yeah. trying to build. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, I think this song is is musically well done. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the fact that at the beginning of the song he starts in one register, kind of a talking register, and then slowly as the song builds over time, he continuously slowly builds up in register, like talking register, until the point where he is essentially yell singing. Or singing, but yelling at the same time. Um, Absolutely. So, and like the I, whole, I just the whole thing. Point out one thing real quick. What yeah. you just said, where he like raises. Yeah. Uh, I think if, if I'm going to think of one other artist who does that, I automatically think "Stan" by Eminem. Uh, do you know that song? Oh, I do know the song. Yes. Yeah, I he, didn't he, make that connection though. That's what I would think of because I, I had that I have that written down right here. How he he builds an intensity throughout the entire yeah. song to where he's almost screaming, hmm. and that's exactly what Eminem does on that song. Where it's 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 talking at first, and it gets more and more intense to the point where like like on that last time, you almost have like goosebumps because it's yeah. so intense. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. I never knew, I never noticed that about uh, the song Stan. That was the first connection. I like when hmm. I heard this. I was I was like that's that was the first thing that I like related to, and I was just like whoa. That's really interesting. And then when he gets to the the tipping point, like before the the, the uh, melodic part, a pedal steel guitar comes yeah. in. <laughs> <laughs> hey, a little bit of, of a reference to an older song. Yeah, it was just like I, when I heard that, I was like, "What in the world?" I, I like it, but it was just it, I didn't expect it at all. I love yeah. it. Yeah, and I don't know. Honestly, let's uh, let's do the recap section here of how we feel about this whole album. Uh, okay. I honestly, I honestly think that, golly, man, I feel like it's one of my favorite Frank Turner albums. Same, uh, I, I, it's, it's so up there for me because it's got like, I, like, like I said before, I think it has 
conviction the whole way through from yeah. start to, to finish. Uh, it's aggressive. Um, it does have softer stuff. Uh, thematically, it's it's all over the place, um, yeah. but it's still cohesive. Yeah. Um, it, I don't know. It's it's fresh. It's new, like for 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 him. And I think that's something that I I'm always looking for is something where you still you know it's it's Frank Turner. You get those like his melodies, but it's something that I've never heard him do before, and it's really cool. I just I just I love it. Yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. Um, I think another another thing to touch on is the way that they uh, track order was huge in this song, oh, it was, in this in this album. You can tell uh, that it was really thought out. Yeah, like it's almost it's almost like they go through different sections, like different little arcs, like from non-servium to untainted love to fatherless to Miranda and wave across the bay is kind of the middle point. Mm-hmm. And then resurrectionist to perfect score and then work to farewell to my city. Yeah. Is, it's it's like his own little journey that he's been on for the past yeah. two, three years, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that, that I, I want to just reiterate the fact that he really, I, I feel that he really does sing with, with emotion in this and he really does sing with like you said conviction uh and i think that's another reason why i why i like the album so much is that you can truly tell that he cares about what he's singing about like he's not he's not just like all right i need to make a song about this and i should make a song about this i guess and blah 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 like it's 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 with conviction and and this coming at his ninth album as well that's really huge to see i guess i'm yeah i i, I agree I yeah agree. The whole, I, he he deserves that number one slot 100 percent. i think yeah. so too um yeah I'm, I'm just i'm super stoked on this because I, I i always get bummed out when there's like an album i'm looking forward to and it's like a fine album but it really under delivers and that's not at all the case here it oh it it was beyond what i expected yeah yeah 100 yeah. percent. um i agree uh we, uh, I think this album's amazing. Uh, we both think this album's amazing. Like, and I know it just came out, but I'm so like, I know. I, I'm, I'm excited to see like what where he's gonna go because I have no idea at this point. Right? Yeah, and I'm honestly, again, I'm, I'm so excited to hear because uh, okay, the way I I want a concert to go is I want him to play the Gathering first. Oh yeah, and then play Non Servium after that. And then like kick it off after that, you know? Yeah. So and typically for like bands, you don't want to hear that many new songs live, but I'd love to hear like a if we saw them live where like at least like a third or two thirds would be off of this album. Oh yeah, that'd be so great. Yeah. So hopefully he tours the US with a full band soon. Knock on wood. I hope so. Who knows, man? With uh I know the COVID numbers are declining, uh, but who knows? Yeah, it's and nobody knows. That's gonna happen. That's, That's uh we can only hope. That's the only thing we're sure of is, is nobody knows. Um, but great album. Um, before we we close this episode, now that the beer's warmed up, uh, what do you think? Have you have you noticed anything different? Anything in addition to what we've already said? Um, I think it's been hmm. pretty consistent to, from from what I'm tasting. But I'm going to go in for another taste just to to see. All right. Yeah, I I just had another taste. Um, you know, I think it's almost. I want to say it's smoother. Than at the beginning, yeah, I don't know if like it's, it's because more, I've, I've acclimated to the taste, but it doesn't taste as sweet or vanilla-y as I remember hmm. at the beginning. Yeah, it's a little bit more velvety to the on the mouth feel to me. Yes, like it. Yes. Uh, yeah, and I agree. It's really smoother. warm. Yeah. It's really warm still, but it's it's like way smoother, and the flavors are a little bit more leveled out, mm-hmm. a little bit more balanced as it warms up a little bit. You it's can't really taste good. the individ- individual flavors as much, but they come together. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to have to seek out some other Revolution stuff. Um, I've had plenty of the anti-heroes or the other heroes that they've had. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to see if they have different variations on the Death's Tar. Um, yeah. It'd be really cool um, to, to see because I, I think they could have really interesting flavors. Yeah. Uh, the only, only other one that I know of is the only other one that we had in the warehouse. Uh, which was Death's Tar. So it was the mm-hmm. base, and then we had this one. Well, we'll have to keep an eye out, because you yeah. never know. Yeah, so, yeah, check out Revolution. If you're in the Chicago area, mm-hmm. go there. It's good beer. Yeah. Let's um, say we uh, 
we, we go ahead and finish this one and sign off. Sounds good. Yeah. Um, I don't know what we're going to do for the next episode. Um, we do have some albums that we've recommended for each other. Uh, I recommended Masked Intruder for Jesse to listen to, and you yep. recommended I recommended, uh, yeah, The Bets, uh, the album Future Me Hates Me. So we need to start listening to that so we can jump on that. Or maybe we'll do another one-off. Who knows? We'll probably, we'll probably do another one-off. Yeah. Maybe a shorter one. This one's going on <laughs> over an hour. Well, I'm not surprised. It's a, it's a, a, it was a big yeah, one for us. true. We apologize for the long time, but we very much like Sorry. Frank Turner and everything that he's doing currently. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, as for this beer, and as we always say on American Brews and Tunes, down the Death Star hatch. Cafe Death. I keep mislabeling this beer. Whatever. Down the Death Star hatch. It's a trap. It's a trap. It's a trap. What is that guy's deal? Trust your feelings. Luke. Ooh, I'm super excited for the Obi-Wan Kenobi TV show. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's going to be great, right? Hopefully. I still have to watch the Boba Fett show, though, so (laughs) I'll get there eventually. Who knows? I also have to do. It's on the... uh, it's on a long list of things I have to watch slash listen to. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm rewatching uh, Daredevil season three before it leaves Netflix. Oh, it's leaving Netflix. What is it going yeah, to? I, I I have no idea where it's going, but Disney reacquired the rights to the Marvel Netflix sh- shows, and so like uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, all those shows are are leaving Netflix mm. and. They haven't announced where it's going to go, but I don't think it's going to go to Disney Plus because Disney Plus is like really? family oriented, right? I guess they are a little bit more violent. And these, sh- oh, they're super violent. Um, like in the first season of Daredevil, Kingpin kills somebody by slamming their head into a car door over and over and over again. Oh, oh, they're bloody shows. Do they show they're- as much as in uh, that curb stomping? Uh, no, not movie? that much. <laughs> Nothing's that, that movie much. Called? <laughs> What's that American movie called? American History X. I don't remember. American History X, right? It's a, it's oh my a not that much, but um, super violent. And they, I mean, they all drop f bombs left and right. So oh, maybe they'll shoot. go to Hulu. Yeah. I don't know. Man, another reason why I should get rid of Netflix. <laughs> like, they, they, they keep putting out good stuff though. Like that movie, Don't Look Up, was really good. It's up for best yeah. picture. It's a Netflix movie. Oh, it, I, oh, I don't know. It's just another really? thing. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. My we'll prediction, see. hot take for the end of the episode, Steve. <laughs> okay. Eventually, eventually there will be, you're gonna, we're going to be paying the same amount for streaming services as cable. Yeah. Uh, in the I'm, next few I years. Mean, I mean, I've already had that like, hot a take. Yeah, I feel like it's, I guess, yeah, it's not a hot take. <laughs> Yeah, we're we're getting there quicker than, than we're getting we there think. quicker than we think. Yeah, but history uh, repeats itself. Am I right? <laughs> you're right. You're right. History it repeats. just changes forms. But yeah. anyway. But anyways, um, uh, good episode. My yeah. name is Stephen Johnston, and my name is Jesse Titus, and this is American Brews and Tunes. Woo! Here's a theme song. You know it's not a mean song. It's a good song, just as it should song, American Brews and Tunes. Shibbity-beebity!